morning, church. How are you doing? Are you well? Yes. Grant as well. Woohoo! Two arms well. Who else is there? Woohoo! We've got some more two arms well. Yeah. We've got some folded arms well. <laughs> you guys all right? Let's stand our feet, church. Let's stand on up. Come on in if you're here for the 1030 service or the 1047 service. Come on in. Guzzle your coffees down. Try not to spill it all over your clothes as you do. All right. Are you guys ready? Like actually? All right, let's do this. Sing goodbye to any limitations. Just clap our hands, yeah. Saying hello to the God of all creation. There are no limits with you. There are no limits with you. You're living it.
who believes that? We all do. Yes. <laughs> Praise our God. Chains are broken, cause you have spoken. It is finished on the cross. Now I'm living in your freedom. Cause Jesus, you have set me free.
have in Jesus. Lord, I thank You for those wonderful words. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Great to see you. Give your neighbour a high five as you take a seat this morning. You're looking good. Those high fives look really good from here. Great stuff. Well, we give you a very warm welcome this morning. If this is your first or second time at Activate, a special welcome to you. And as you leave the auditorium this morning, you're welcome to help yourself at the back table of the auditorium. We're out in the foyer. is a white pack. In there, you'll find a coffee card and the opportunity to leave your details with us. We'd love to be in contact with you. So uh, great to have you here. So church, can we welcome our visitors? Wonderful. Thank you. Great stuff. Who's had a birthday or a wedding anniversary over the last week? Sarah? 21. You've had a birthday, Sarah. Come on, Sarah. Come on. Who else has had a birthday? Alan? Wow. Fantastic. Can you guys come over here? Maybe we'll go over this side. Eh? A bit more room. Other birthdays? What about wedding anniversaries? Well, Tash and Jeff. Isn't this awesome? Great. So, 21, Sarah? 41. I don't think she's telling the truth, do you? Happy birthday. Well, church, should we stand and declare this wonderful prayer of blessing over them today? I shared uh, in the 9am gathering that this is a wonderful prayer. and We don't have to wait to Sunday before we can say it. We can say it every day over our spouse and over our children or something. So isn't that a good thing to do? So here we go. Let's go. Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favour, prosperity, purpose and protection over them this year. Activate your love and goodness through each one. In Jesus' name, Amen. Fantastic. Let's give them a big hand. Congratulations, guys. Wonderful. Well, who's ready for the highlights? Wow, summer, that's really, really good. I love the highlights because it lets us know what's happening in our church family. And that's got to be good. Keeps us connected and informed on what's happening. So here we go. This coming Tuesday, the 14th, we have an info night starting at 7.30. So if Activate Church is your home, you're all invited to hear about what's happening in the life of the church and what's coming up. So it's going to be a wonderful time. Next Sunday, the 19th, in all gatherings, we have Pastor Patrick Fitzgerald, all the way from Ireland. And he's going to be with us on Friday with the youth on St. Patrick's Day. So that's going to be a fantastic time as well. So I encourage you to come and invite your friends and family along. And during this gathering, shortly, we'll be meeting in the foyer to have Activate DNA. So if you're new to the life of the church and would like to find out more about how the church functions and operates, about our connections with X churches of New Zealand and globally, then meet with me shortly in the foyer and we'll go upstairs. And it doesn't matter if you've RSVP'd or not, that's fine. We're going to have some food to eat. And we'll have a bit of an introduction and then we'll get into things. So that'll be a great time. So wonderful. And it's my pleasure now to invite Matt Rose. Matt is going to share a testimony of why he enjoys prayer gatherings. So let's give Matt a hand as he comes. Good on you, Matt. Morning, church. So Jane asked me to um, just to speak into 
um, how I find the prayer, uh, prayer gatherings on a Tuesday night. Um, I was a little bit hesitant to start with because I'm normally hiding on the other end of this microphone. Um, so, yeah, here you go. So, yeah, it's only one hour on Tuesday night. It's, I guess, um, for those of you who watch Short and Street, it's two episodes or um, anything else like that. But um, if you're anything like me and got a short attention span, um, it, it doesn't take long whatsoever. It also takes um, effort and sacrifice um, to, to either come every night or as regularly as you can. Um, you may not have a PhD in prayer like myself, um, and you might, may, may not be the in-depth um, uh, type of person um, for, for prayers, but it's more about the connection and conversation with God. Um, I really enjoyed last Tuesday night. We went around to Fishing College, um, and we prayed for the land there that um, we want for our community campus. Um, we had a, it was a well, smallish room compared to the auditorium size. Um, there's a lot more people than normal, and... Um, yeah, I just really enjoyed the worship. There's heaps of people overpowering the two acoustic guitars we had, which was awesome. And um, and then we went on to walking around the, the rest of the buildings and that and praying, um, declaring for the land, uh, and which is also awesome. Um, and, the, and the works, you know, that have, that have gone on before that, um, is stirring the hearts of some of the trustees and some of the buildings. And I stumbled across a passage uh, in Second Kings, uh, 20, which was just talking about Hezekiah who became sick and um, the prophet Isaiah visited him and basically um, Hezekiah was going to die and Hezekiah, uh, sorry, Isaiah uh, was was walking away and he turned around and he heard from God and said that Hezekiah was going to be alright um, and basically he, uh, Hezekiah, sorry, wanted a sign um, that it's going to be right, and um, yes, he was going to prepare um, some plaster for sorry, prepare a plaster of figs. And here's a guy. Um, oops, sorry. Yes, so, so he wanted the sign, and here's a guy. Said it'd be easy to make the uh, make the shadow advance ten degrees on Ahaz's sundial. So Isaiah called out and prayed to God. Um, and he wanted, he said it would be, sorry, it'd be harder to make it go backwards. So he called out and prayed to God, and the sundial went back 10 degrees. So if it's that easy, um, everyone should be at prayer night. We should be praying, and things are going to happen. So yeah, sometimes it takes sacrifice, and an hour at a Tuesday night it doesn't take long. Um, you know, as often as you can make it, or, or every week, which should be cool. And uh, let's build a strong house of prayer, which God has called us to be. Thank you, Matt. Great stuff. So if you haven't been to a prayer gathering, I'd really encourage you to come along. They're a wonderful time and um, it's just great to hear the testimonies of people sharing how they so enjoy prayer gathering and the impact that it has. And on the weekend, we had the healing rooms, which Nigel and Jackie are so involved with. And I saw a report of people being healed, set free from fear. Even somebody's leg grew. Isn't that amazing? Let's give a hand to God. That's wonderful. So... So great stuff. Well, kids, are you looking forward to a great time this morning? Yeah. So if you're five and under, so actually, that's not you. But uh, it was a joke, by the way. So out that way. And for those five and over, out this way. So have a great time. Let's give the leaders and the kids a hand. Fantastic.
as their children are going, it's uh, one of the things that we so enjoy and activate is each year is um, having a group of interns. And I'm going to invite the interns, Martin, Jordan, Kat, if you'd like to join with me out the front. And so they're studying at Vision College, doing their academic papers there, and then they have the opportunity to do their practical work in and through the life of the church. And it's amazing. And um, you guys are awesome guys. Is Martin here this morning? Oh, here he is. Martin, if I can say this, I don't want to embarrass you. He used to be a bodyguard for Benny Hinn. So uh, Sheridan's already signed him up. <laughs> but wonderful testimony. So I want to invite the, the team from uh, ATC, Chris and Alan and Lance, to come forward, and Sheridan and Jan and Wendy and myself. And we want to really honour you guys and thank you for interning and activating in 2017. And we're excited about what God is working in your lives and where that's going to go. And for some of you, you may have aspirations to serve in an internship ministry sometime in the future as well. So uh, we want to honour you. We want to thank you. So I'm going to ask Chris to lead us off and then Pastor Sheridan will pray and that would be great. Father, we thank you by your spirit that you will enable these three people to uh, grow, advance, achieve for this year. Uh, I know that some of them have work commitments as well as the study. And I thank you, Father, for helping them through that. Thank you for giving them wisdom, knowledge, uh, encouragement and passion for what's happening here. We thank you for them, Father, being involved and being able to share their passion to others as well. We thank you for the flowing out of this to others as they work during their internships during the week. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for each of these ones. And Father, we declare your blessing over them. This year may it be a year of growth and expansion for each one. But more than that, I pray, Lord, it would be something of encounter with you. And there would be a revelation, a personal revelation of the direction you want them to take, of something that you've got ahead for each one of them. So Father, at the outset, we declare this to be a good year. I never said easy year, by the way. I said good year. And Lord, we look forward to you moving. We look forward to you being at work in these ones. In Jesus' name. And as I'm praying, I get, I've just got a picture in my mind of someone working the field, turning the dirt. Turning the dirt. Turning the dirt. You don't turn the dirt, nothing happens. So for each of you, just you know, go with the flow. Go with God, what God's doing in your world. Allow Him to turn the dirt. Don't become impatient. Actually, you can't even put your own agenda on turning the dirt, can you? The dirt's just got to be turned. So let them turn the dirt. This is about the future. It's not actually about this year for you. It's about what's coming. Yeah. So, Father, we stand, Lord, with them. Father, I thank you that your smile is upon them. May they know your grace and favour ever present with them in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Let's give them a big hand. Congratulations, you guys. Well done. And if you're interested in doing an internship in 2018, I'm sure these guys would love to hear from you. So fantastic. Well, we're about to do Activate DNA. Before we do go, though, it's my pleasure to invite Brent Weaver. Brent is part of the Activate Church family, although we don't see him many times because he's serving wonderfully in the Ukraine. 
And so Brent is going to come and share for a few brief moments. So let's put our hands together and welcome Brent. Oh, in the 10.40 service, you get the high stand. Nine o'clock, you're down on the floor. Um, good to be back. Um, good to, well, kind of, good to be back in New Zealand. I arrived on Friday. Um, I had to renew my driver's license yesterday. That meant I had to drive. I haven't done that in two years. And I was a wreck. By the time I got from Dinsdale uh, over here to Five Crossroads to the AA, so I was just shaking. <laughs> it's like there were cars to avoid, roundabouts. I had to remember how to go round the roundabout the right way. Um, so coming home is well. I don't even know if it feels like home. Just pray for that because um, it's a bit different this time. Um, oh, just think of fully. Um, sorry. Oh, I wasn't expecting that. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Um, okay. <laughs> um, I work in Ukraine. Um, so, Dobrohoraniku, Torazmesh. Yep. Okay. So, there's no Ukrainian speakers here, I guess. Praise God, because I don't speak Ukrainian very well. Yagavaru Paroski, Dostatchna Harasho, Panyatna. No, nobody speaks Russian either. Good, uh, because then you wouldn't have noticed all my mistakes. Um, uh, I've been quite a few years now in Russia and, and now into Ukraine. Um, and I just wanted to share like one little story for you, just a taster. Um, I'll be back at the end of April and, and say something more. Um, but I just wanted to share about some of the people I work with. And maybe you like to always highlight, you know, the, the good guys. I want to highlight this good guy, um, Yulia. She, um, she grew up in kind of a Christian home, uh, a Greek Catholic in the west of Ukraine, um, influenced kind of from Polish Catholicism. She, her parents read her Bible stories, so she kind of came to us with some understanding of the Bible, but no understanding of what it really meant to follow Jesus. And uh, she came to our camp a couple of years ago. We run English um, language camps. She's actually graduated and is now an English teacher. Um, but she, uh, she's one of these ones who's, and there's not many of them, but we're praying for more, who is taking her Christian life extremely seriously. Um, one of the things that we're really trying to emphasize is, why do we read the Bible? Do we read the Bible just to know what's in there, or do we read the Bible to do it? And she came to our life group. Like this it's really actually quite strange because it's been two years since I've been in big church, what I call big church, with lots of people and rows of seats and, and preachers up the front. My church is eight people sitting around my dining room table um, drinking cups of tea and eating cookies. See, I'm an Americanized now, eating biscuits. Um, uh, that's, my, that's my style of church. She came to our life group one morning and she says, um, I've decided that I don't love any of you. That would be weird, wouldn't it? You know, if you showed up at Life Group or came to church and said, I don't actually love you anymore. We think, what on the earth is going on? She said, well, I've read in 1 Corinthians 13 where it talks all about love, and I realize I don't love. 
Like we use this word, love, 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 I love you, I love you, I love you. And it really struck her that she didn't love us. Well, she wasn't sure if she really loved us. And um, what she decided to do was she told us, then what I'm doing is I'm deciding I don't love anybody. And then I'll kind of rebuild my understanding from the ground up of do I really, what does it really mean to, to love people at the university, at uh, you know, in life group, what does it really mean? I wrote to her and asked if I could share a little bit about her as I'm traveling in New Zealand. And she said, yeah, and I asked her what was behind that story. She wrote, yes, I got an email a day ago saying what actually happened was she had a real fallout with her sister and um, to the point where her sister really offended her. She wasn't going to forgive her sister. And that night she lay in bed and, and God really said, look, you say you love your sister, but you're not even going to forgive her. I, I love you so much that I died for you and you can't even love your sister and forgive her. Do you understand at all what love's about? And that's kind of sent her off on a journey of really trying to find out what love is about. Um, the other thing that I really like about her, she's taken seriously the whole thing of helping others. This is nastier. You wonder who's she nastier than. Um, it's an unfortunate name in English. Uh, it's actually short form for a very beautiful name, um, Anastasia, which then English speakers mutate and we go Anastasia. It's Anastasia, her, her name is Nastia for short. Um, she came to our camp last year and became a believer. So Yulia is discipling her. Yulia is now leading her own life group. Um, so it's just really encouraging to see um, some of these students, young people, that we don't just work with students, but young adults who are really taking seriously following Jesus and wanting to impact their country. Um, it was one of the really encouraging things was what they did the other week. Uh, most of the people who become Christians in our little network have become Christians through what we've done, me and some Americans as Western missionaries. Um, but we've been encouraging Ukrainians, reach out to your neighbors. And this is kind of the first just initiative that Nastya and, and Yulia put together a little party. It was actually a photo excursion. They ran around the city taking photographs and, and then got together, had a little party just for their non-Christian friends, um, just to build relationships, uh, to get them into an environment where it's different. No, you know, not just drinking alcohol and just partying up, but just a really good time, good friendships, building relationships, thinking about how can we be proactive just in our world. Think about that. What you know, who's in your world? I know Activate, that's something we're all about here, is how are we affecting, trans, transforming our communities? Um, so if you think that you might like to be at our camp, I'm always advertising it, uh, you know, if you want to be involved in transforming lives like this, then let me know. Come and see me, find me somewhere. I might be here talking to people, I might be out in the foyer, but um, we need to know fairly soon, actually, if you've got any interest. Um, if you're wanting to know how do you get in contact with me, I took the liberty of sticking some of these little things. Um, some of you got me on your fridge. Uh, you can get me on your fridge if you want. They're out by that coffee machine out there somewhere. Have a look. That's got my email address and everything. So if you're interested in following um, that and maybe thinking about camp, that would be awesome. It's a few thousands. Yeah, it costs a lot to get to Europe. Um, but it's life transforming for you and for Ukrainians. Thank you. Thanks so much, Brent. Isn't that awesome? Wonderful stuff. Well, here's the moment we've been all waiting for. Activate DNA. 
can all come with me. Sheridan just goes, no, don't do that. <laughs> if you're new to Activate and uh, if you've RSVP'd or if you haven't, that's absolutely fine. Why don't you join with me and Wendy and Nairi and the team as we will meet in the foyer and then we'll go upstairs and uh, we'll have a great time together. So can I ask us all to stand as we continue our worship? And uh, for those that can join me with Activate DNA, that would be wonderful. Thank you. If you're not heading out to Activate um, DNA, I just want to encourage you guys, there's this big open area here in the middle there. There's also kind of an open area down the back as well front of those back seats there's these spaces that you can inhabit so if you want to up to you no fresh but why don't you come out of your seats a little bit why don't you take a step forward take a step forward into this time this intentional moment that we have here let's be intentional about it you see um Jesus said, you know, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. And um, oftentimes we think about all the things that, um, you know, um, the things we need and all that. And he's saying, no, put your eyes on me. Um, and, and in turn, we kind of keep looking back at the things we need. Does that sound, does that make sense? Like we kind of, oh, all these things will be, so I'll seek first. And it's like, no, no, seek me first for me. Seek me first for me. Um, and what I just wanted to share as well is that it's such a kindness that he would say that to us the kindness of God that he would give you a way to take part in this kingdom to all these things added to you all the things of the kingdom all the things that are righteous all of those godly things what a kindness that he'd make a way that that would change everything for you. And so as we sing this next song, and, and Marilyn's going to lead us in this next song, um, let's dwell on that kindness for a little bit. Let's seek him first. Praise the Lord.
tongue will confess that you are Lord. Yes, Lord. That's what we seek, Lord. Your name glorified to the end of the earth. Here we are in the end of the earth, Lord God. And to the other end too, Lord, we pray. Let you be glorified. Be lifted up. Be glorified. Praise you, Lord. Come on. Let's praise our God right now.
connected in this family. So, one more time. We're just going to sing that, that refrain. of faith that needs to come out of this place. When I say this place, I mean us, people. And um, Lana just came and confirmed the same thing to me. So before we go there for a minute, can we just, can we pause? Can you pause where you are? With your heart turned toward God. Just allow Him to rest on you. As you do that, Jeff, can you come and stand by Tash for a minute? I just want to pray for you guys. Is that all right? Father, I thank you for Lance and Sue. I bless them this morning in Jesus' name. I declare that you are a blessing. As I lay my hands on you, I get a real sense that um, it's not a time to pull back in any way, but your greatest influence is still in front of you. And so the Lord would say, be of courage. Be of courage and don't underestimate the words that you speak into people's lives because they're seeds of the kingdom. And they take, not only do they take root, but they bear fruit in their given time. So the Lord would say, be of courage. Keep speaking the words. Stay on your front foot. Stay on the front foot. Lance in you, I even sense it. You've been questioning, is it time to step back and and allow some other people to come and the Lord would say, no, it's time to stand beside. Your greatest influence is still in front of you. It's time to stand beside. It's time to nurture, build and release, but it's not a time to step back. Don't step back. Don't step back. Father, I thank you for Tash. Happy anniversary, by the way. Awesome. Thank you for Tash and for Jeff. Father, I bless them in Jesus' name. I bless them as they come and as they go. Declare your favour over them. I declare their home to be a place of blessing in Jesus' name, not only for yourselves and your family, but it's wider than that. 
And I sense there's an invitation in front of you. It's a, a new season in God for both of you. And uh, I really sense this morning the um, commendation of God as he's watched your journey. Not always easy, but as he's watched your journey. And there's a commendation there this morning. You're saying, well done, well done. There's a new season for you to both to step into. And um, it's together and it's individual, if that makes sense. I'll let you wrestle with that. It's, but it's together as well and individual. And um, the Lord would say, be bold and be courageous. Yet at the same time, we'll come back. You'd be amazed what opens before you. Jesus, can, if you're under 20 years of age, can you come out here for a moment? If you're under 20 years old. Yeah, if you're under 20, you guys can stay there. Don't feel, I'm not excluding you. But if you're under 20, Jan's dreaming. I could have gone 25, but I'm just going 20. Can't you just come out so I can see you, basically? I want to eyeball you. Come around, come around this way. Don't hide on the sides. Go in here. Yeah, come this way. Come on, don't be shy. This way. This way. Fantastic. You come around. Come around. You come around further. Then I can look at you all at the same time, you see. It's going to be hard otherwise. You come around. Um, I get a real sense this morning that the get a real sense this morning that the Holy Spirit's placed a seed in you and it's a seed for now as well as the future and I sense a, a commendation but also a commissioning of the Holy Spirit for you now and he would say don't look at your parents don't look at your parents that's not, I'll contextualise it for you, he's placed a seed of faith in you that's going to look different to that that's been in your parents. There's a seed of boldness within you that's different to that which your parents carry. And there's something of faith that God's calling into action in your generation, which is different than the generations that have gone before you. And He's inviting you to stand up. And He's inviting you. He's not saying tomorrow. He's saying today. You're the church of today. You're the leaders of today. And there's something he's looking for in a response from his people that hasn't come in generations before. And he's asking if you'll be the generation that will respond with boldness and faith to accomplish the things that he wants to see done in this age, in this era, in this time. So he's confirming to you, your time is now. You're not growing up. You're not going to grow Your time is now. God would say to you, your time is now. It's now. It's now. It's now. Your time's now. And you need to let that truth settle in because half of you don't even know what you want to do with your lives yet. Probably more than half of you. Probably most of you. But as you go on that journey, the Holy Spirit says your time is now. Step out and step up in faith. So yes in your heart to the place.
plans and purposes of God and watch what happens. You guys are a generation like the planet's never seen. You're going to see something happen in the kingdom like the planet's never seen. And the invitation is right now, take hold of everything that God wants to do in Can I invite you just to lift your hands to him and surrender? If you want to, if you don't, don't. That's fine. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you're doing. Thank you for where you are leading these ones. Holy Spirit, I ask that you'd rest on them in Jesus' name. Some of you that are behind, just lay hands on them. Just release the power and the presence of God to rest, to build, to release, to fill them afresh in Jesus' name. Maybe do the back rows where I can't reach. Young ones, a big hand. We've got a bunch of champions on our hands here. It's awesome.
Amen. Why don't you say hello to three or four people around you and greet them in Jesus' name. Wonderful. Well, I just got back from India this week and I had the privilege of traveling with Daniel King and with Katie Langley. And uh, we had a great trip. I think we achieved what was on God's agenda. And, um, you know, India might be starting to get into my heart. It's always been an act of obedience up until this point. But, um, you know, it was good. I love the people there. There's no doubt about that. But the place is an interesting place. Hey, Stanley, wherever he's gone. He's, he's going home for a holiday in a few weeks. Anyway, Katie, why don't you come and take a couple of minutes. Tell us about how your trips impacted you. Give her a hand as she comes. And Ryan. forgot about that. Sorry, buddy. Morning, church. Morning. So we got back from India on Thursday. Um, we did a couple of stopovers on the way back, so our jet lag wasn't as bad as Sheridan's, I hear. <laughs> Um, it was amazing. The, um, I still felt a little bit incoherent with all the jet lag. Even that bit was amazing, like awesome. Um, but landing in New Zealand, it was so good to be home and we were squealing with excitement, although that could have been how hard the landing was because we <laughs> landed in that storm. Um, and I wonder how much ACC are going to have claims for whiplash. From that, and the turbulence was so bad that no one was allowed the toilet, so everyone was dashing off the plane. <laughs> it's quite amusing. Um, but just, I know the first service in Sheridan said a bit about the traffic. The traffic was unlike anything you've ever seen here in New Zealand. Those of you who have been to Vietnam, India, any of those countries will know what it's like, and you can't take pictures of it, you can't take videos of it to, to see how it actually is. Terrifying. Didn't have seatbelts half the time, so Ryan's seatbelt was me. He kept saying, put my seatbelt on, Mum. Okay. So the highlight was being in India. We spent time in Singapore and Australia as well, but the highlight definitely was India. Absolutely loved it. Loved the food. Loved the people. Definitely want to go back. Um, and I have to because I've got two other children that want to go. But they're too young. <laughs> so um, yeah, that's just some of the first two days we went to see the Taj Mahal, which was Awesome as well. Um, landing in Singapore, our first stop was McDonald's for beef because there's no beef in India. And the chicken all tends to be hot and spicy as well. You don't get original like at KFC. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I won't talk too much about the traffic because, yeah, there's more important stuff to talk about. How do I change this? You just want to flick the slides on for if you can from down there? Okay, just more traffic and just scenes like... The contrasts are incredible. You can have a really, really expensive mansion right next to things like this. Um, real, real poverty right next to a really, really expensive and opulent. So next slide, please. Um, this is a bit of leisure time. We did have some leisure time. Ryan made a few friends with the young boys from the church um, and got to go for a ride on a scooter, which... I did take a video of the ride, and you can hear how terrified I was while he was off on the road. <laughs> um, and we went to Pizza Hot for dinner. There's no Pizza Hut. It's called Pizza Hot. And it's good. And it's good. Last place you expect to find great pizza is India. It was amazing. It and the cheese is amazing, but yeah. it leaves a film across your teeth. Yeah. <laughs> um, cricket, can we just go back one, sorry? 
Cricket, I know Sheridan doesn't play cricket, I heard, but there you go, he's playing cricket. And got quite sore afterwards, didn't you? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Worked quite hard. Um, and Daniel, how many balls did Daniel lose into the fields? Several. And you don't go get the balls because there's snakes in there. Okay, next slide, please. Um, this is just pictures of the church. There's a preschool as part of the church. Um, Best Start Kingdom Preschool. It's actually three to seven. School starts at seven in India. Um, that's just a picture of the toilets. There's no western toilet there. It's a hole in the ground. So we just went back to the house. We didn't use those. Um, the middle picture at the bottom is the back of the church building. Um, and just the entrance gates. Just, just so different, isn't it? Uh, next slide, please. So I just wanted to show you some of the people. I loved the people, especially the ladies. Um, the four ladies at the top left are the preschool teachers. Um, not very good English, but we managed. Well, yeah, they didn't have good English. I'd have had no Indian. Um, and the top picture is Surinda and Rashmay. Um, Surinda's the pastor there who we stayed with them, and Rashmay is just a beautiful, beautiful lady. She's just amazing. Um, Sunita down the bottom is a teacher at the, host, at the nurses college and she's a nurse so we got on quite well and she was our main interpreter. So next slide please. Um, and there's Surinda's wife Rashmay again. She's just amazing and yeah we got to stay in the house with them which was great. So next slide please. Um, just more pictures of the people, Ryan with his mates. Um, Mina at the top in the pink. Um, amazing backstory for her, her past story. Her husband died when her daughter was six. Women don't ride motorbikes, don't drive cars. Um, the, con the difference between men and women in India is just so much, so different from here. Um, she just got her licence and took her daughter to school because there was no way of getting her daughter to school. So um, with the language barrier, Sunita um, said to me, this is Mina, she does everything. I'm like, okay. So she's learning to, to drive a bus so she can drive the school bus. Okay, so next slide, please. Um, preschool kids. Um, we went to an Indian typical Punjab evening. From um, It was amazing, amazing food, amazing culture. Okay, and next slide. Most important, church. Church was so different and so amazing. So this is the church in the middle, the main church building. The one on the left is a house church. Um, the whole church came up for the old call for, work, for prayer, the whole church. I think we were there for more than an hour, were we? Long time. Mm -hmm. um, got put into a couple of um, very uncomfortable situations where Sheridan said, come up and pray, and I'm like, oh, okay. And had to do a testimony and a devotional, which was a bit nerve-wracking. Um, but at the night church, I did my testimony and devotional, and the next day, I was reading the church emails, Jan preached on pretty close to the same thing on the Sunday. It was really amazing. Um, so lots, and these are the house churches again, um, lots and lots of healing. Personally, I saw two ladies um, with shoulder injuries completely healed. One couldn't lift her arms past here. I suspect it was frozen shoulder, um, but by the end of the prayer time, she's doing this with both arms. Um, right. Another lady at the house church um, had very, very poor hearing, and she was hearing clearly by the end. Um, there was knee pain. You could actually feel, 
feel whatever it was working inside her knee as, you said the same thing with one person too, eh? You could feel the changes. Yeah, feel the knee moving. Feel the knee moving and healing as, as praying. Um, lots and lots of ladies praying for wanting to be pregnant. Obviously, can't tell if that happened yet. Um, so next time we will see. And like some of them, there is one lady in particular that I don't have a photo for her. She prayed for 21 years before she finally had her child, um, which was amazing. Uh, so many healings, just the most amazing stuff. A lot of it was for relationships, families, husbands overseas. One particular lady wanted prayer because no one liked her children. That's how she worded it. Um, but it was amazing. There were so, so many healings. Like, I can't count them all. And yeah, fabulous time. Loved it. Is that the last slide? Yep. Okay. Great. So yeah, this lady in the pink is Pastor Surinder's mum, and she lives in Canada, and they were over visiting her and her sister, her and Surinder's sister. So yeah, just such an amazing time. Definitely worth, I'm sort of going to do a plug here, anyone who wants to go share it and next time, you really, really should. Um, it was a miracle me going anyway. Finances, there was no way I could have saved for it in that time. And I just basically said to God, if you want me there, you get me there. And obviously he did, because I got there. Um, so the whole thing was a miracle start to finish. And right. yeah, really, really amazing. I really encourage you to go. So different, seeing the culture. And I now understand why... Um, Sheridan says we're a quiet church. Uh, we are way more big, twice, three times the size. More than that. More than that. Um, and no one talks. <laughs> you leave church and your ears are ringing. Like the music is so loud. Um, everyone is so loud. And when anyone says the word hallelujah, the whole church shouts it back. So shall we try it? <laughs> hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, louder. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So that's still not loud enough. The sound system over there has one volume. That's full. <laughs> Distorted. Yep. The works. Yep. It's just the way it goes. So, so yeah, it's, it's fantastic. Fun. So thank you. Great. Thank you, Katie. Thank you, Ryan. So I'm anticipating I'll go over there about this time again next year. So if you'd like to come, you can probably take eight or ten people with me. I think I've got a couple lined up already. So... Oh, yeah, it's not hot over there, up in the Punjab. Like one night, I had a jersey and a jacket on. I shook like a leaf, I was so cold. So it's actually a really good time of the year to go. Yeah, day's kind of the same as New Zealand at this time of year, but it's heating up quickly. So here we go. So this morning, I thought I'd bring my ladder. Well, it's not mine, but you know. Might fall off it if I climb it that way. So to my thinking, a ladder's a little bit like life. It represents life. It's, um, you know, ladders come in different shapes, sizes, widths, angles. Um, they're all different, but like people, they can be a bit unique. And, but, but they represent life a little bit. It's like a pathway. Some are wide... Some are narrow, but the purpose of a ladder is it's helping you go somewhere. You're going in a direction when you go on a ladder, yeah? So it's taking you somewhere. Now, I did a health and safety course along with our staff here recently, because that's what you do these days. And it, I, I discovered I've, learned to, uh, I've been using ladders wrong my whole life. 
You're meant to have three points of contact at all time. So standing on the top rung, reaching to change the light bulbs at home. No. Not allowed to do that. Three. Interesting, isn't it? Anyway, they represent life to me. Today, the ladder represents life. It represents people's journey. It represents that they're going somewhere. Now I'd like to read you Isaiah 44, which has nothing to do with ladders. And I'm going to read from the message. So if you want to write it down, Isaiah 44, 9 to 22, read it at home later, whatever translation you like to use. But this morning we're reading from the message. All those who make no God idols don't amount to a thing. And what they work so hard at making is nothing. Their little puppet gods see nothing and know nothing. They're total embarrassments. Who would bother making gods that can't do anything, that can't God? Watch all the no-God worshippers hide their faces in shame. Watch the no-God makers slink off, humiliated when their idols fail them. Get them out here in the open. Make them face God, capital G, reality. The blacksmith makes his no-God. He works it over in his forge, hammering it on his anvil. Such hard work. He works away, fatigued with hunger and thirst. The woodworker draws up plans for his no-God. He traces it on a block of wood. He shapes it with chisels and planes into a human shape, a beautiful woman or a handsome man ready to be placed in a chapel. He first cuts down a cedar or maybe picks out a pine or an oak and he lets it grow strong in the forest, nourished by the rain. Then it can serve a double purpose. Party uses his firewood and keeping warm and uh, for keeping warm and baking bread. And the other part, he makes a god that he worships. He carves it into a god shape and prays before it. With half, he makes a fire to warm himself and barbecue his supper. He eats his fill and sits back satisfied with his stomach full, full and his feet warmed by the fire. Ah, this is the life. And he still is half left for a God, made to his personal design, a handy, convenient no-God to worship whenever so inclined. Whenever the need strikes him, he prays to it. Save me, you're my God. Pretty stupid, wouldn't you say? Don't they have eyes in their heads? Are their brains working at all? Doesn't it occur to them to say, half of this tree I used for firewood... I baked bread, I roasted meat, and I enjoyed a good meal. And now I've used the rest to make an abominable no-God. Here I am praying to a stick of wood. This lover of emptiness, of nothing, is so out of touch with reality, so far gone, that he can't even look at what he's doing, can't even look at the no-God stick of wood in his hand and say, this is crazy. Remember these things, O Jacob. Take it seriously, Israel, that you're my servant. I made you, shaped you. You're my servant, O Israel. I never, I'll never forget you. I wipe the slate of your, all your wrongdoings. There's nothing left of your sins. Come back to me. Come back. I've redeemed you. 
If you want a great definition of a purposeless life, here it is. Half of this tree I used for firewood. I baked bread, I roasted meat, and I enjoyed a good meal. And now I've used the rest of it to make an abominable no-god. Here I am praying to a stick of wood. If you need a purpose, list, or a definition for a purposeless life, there is a definition. Now I've got the stick. I've just got to qualify my stick here. Because this was made by Caitlin Brown and given to all the pastors at Activate. It's a beautiful piece of wood, and she's inscribed here that God lives. And she worked hard to make a nice present for us. That's beautiful, it is. But I want to use it for my example, which is no way devaluing what she did. Can you imagine cutting down a stick like this, cutting it in half, putting half of it in the fire to cook your steak, your barbecue, and to keep your feet warm. And then the other half, you go, I've got a little bit left here. I'm going to shape that into a God that I can pray to. That seems absolutely ridiculous, doesn't it? But that's exactly what the Scripture says they were doing. You think about it, you go, how stupid is that? It's just dumb. The voice Bible, the voice translation of the Bible, puts the first couple of verses this way from 9 to 11. It says, But whoever does make an idol is not improved or enriched. On the contrary, their passing fancies contribute nothing of value or purpose. Those who look on at such misplaced attention don't understand what they're seeing. The, and the idol makers will end up embarrassed at best. It's easy to say, what pathetic idiocy. Who would do such a thing? Make gods that are by definition worthless. The people who worship them will be shamed and humiliated. After all, people made those gods. Yet it happens all of the time. And I think it still happens today. Sure, you might not go out and get a piece of wood and shape it into something that you can pray to and something that you're going to worship, but it happens all the time in people's lives today. All the time we put our focus on things which are worth nothing more than a block of wood. And we build our lives around things that are worth nothing more than a block of wood, particularly when it comes to living a purposed life. And we can go, from the outside, how stupid. But it says, and people do it all the time. I don't think we're any different now than we were back then. We just have a different method of being stupid. Yeah? Yeah? I'm speaking to myself, not just to you. We just have different methods. We have high-class digital methods these days of being stupid, where they had blocks of wood. Seems crazy, but it's the truth. So leave that for a moment, and let's come back to ladders. Because if the ladder is representing your life, I've got a really important question for you, and that is, what wall is your ladder leaning against? I'll try and tie this in at the end, so you get it. <laughs> what wall is your ladder leaning against? I need a wall, I haven't got one. But picture me leaning on a wall. What wall is your ladder leaning against? What wall is your ladder of life leaning against? It could be leaning against the career wall. It could be leaning against the sporting wall. 
It could be leaning against the popularity wall or the education wall or the family wall or the political wall or the social wall, finance wall, health wall, fitness walls. They're all walls that we lean our ladder of life against. And in of themselves, there's nothing wrong with those walls unless that's the main wall that we've got our ladder leaning against. To lean any uh, to to lean our ladder against any of those walls is in a sense no different than taking a block of wood and making a no god out of it i think it's a critical question if you want to live a purposed life if you want to live a significant life the question needs to be asked what wall is your ladder leaning against because the issue is that often we can't tell in the early stages it all looks good. We're climbing the ladder. You know, ladder, ladder he could easily, the steps could easily represent uh, seasons of life, decades of life, different things. You could put more meaning to it. But often as we climb, we climb, and we never look up to see what the things actually rested against see if there's any purpose to this life that we're living or not. Until some stage we come up high enough that we can pick up the top and go, oh, flip. I don't like what that's leading against, or it's of no value. It's literally a hunk of wood that's been carved into an idol, and it's of no value. It's a God that can't God. And I wonder this morning what your life's leaning against what your ladder's leaning against. I'm not supposed to do that, eh? But I just feel like leaning back and hopping on it a little. It's my own fault if I fall off. So many of us just live lives without consideration of what we're actually leaned against, what we're up against, where it's going, where it's taking us, what the... Uh, fruit is, what the fruit of our journey will be in this life and eternally as well. And I think in the subject of purpose and where God's taking us, and I really believe that God's stepping the church into a new season of purpose, not just us, the church, I think it's a question that's got to be answered. You know, is the wall that your life is leaning on of eternal value, of significance, of purpose, or is it a no God piece of wood? Not the most pleasant question to ask, but a good question to ask. What walls your ladder leaned against? I think unless our ladder is leaned against any wall other than the purposes of God, we're going to come up disappointed. Particularly as believers. If our ladder is leaning on any wall other than than the purposes of God, at some point we're going to look up over the top and go, oh, blow it. I've spent years climbing that thing. And it's no God. It's valueless. It's pointless. Where am I going? So this morning, in a very real sense, I'm saying, and I'm inviting you to ask the question, what wall is your ladder leaning against? And is there any divine... Is there any eternal, is there any godly purpose and value to the wall that he's got you, that, that you've got your ladder leaning against? 
And if there's not, I can make some suggestions for you. Matthew 22 says this. It says, Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. A second is equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. So our, our ladder is lead, needs to lean on the wall of love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. That's got to be the starting place. Out of that comes the, ladder, the, the wall of loving others as ourselves. And interesting, as ourselves. You can't love others unless you love yourselves, and you can't love yourself unless you have a revela- truly love yourself, unless you have a revelation of who Jesus is and what he wants to do in our world. I love this as well. In uh, Genesis, it says, God's, in chapter 1, God said, let's make humans in our image. Jump down two verses. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Go to Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 14, and it says, uh, for as the waters fill the sea, the earth will be filled with an awareness of the glory of the Lord. The purpose of, a, of God for us are to fill the earth with an awareness of the glory of God. If you're looking for a purpose. Yet so many of us are happy just to have our ladder on any old wall. It could be out of ignorance. Well, we just wrecked that one for you this morning. Or it could be out of laziness. Or it could be out of stupidity. I don't know. Could be other reasons too. I just asked the question this morning, which wall is your ladder against? Because I would hate you get to the end of the life, your life. I'd hate to get to the end of my life and go, all I've done is create a worthless no-God with my time and my effort and my energy and my desire, all because I had my ladder on the wrong wall. Another thing, I think, when your ladder's against a wall, you generally have someone at the bottom holding it. At least health and safety would like to think you do. The people at the bottom of your ladder are vital. They're absolutely vital to have the right people at the bottom of your ladder in life the right people around you, the right people supporting you. So we have our ladder on many walls, but it needs to be on the wall of the purposes of God. And then out of that, everything else flourishes. Everything else happens. Everything else takes place. So I wonder this morning how many people there are here who have got their wall, their ladder on a wall that's not about relationship with Jesus. Because that's the, that's the basics of the wall for us. It's relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the ladder. Love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, and mind. The wall is relationship with Jesus Christ. Romans tells us that if we believe in our, uh, confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus was the Son of God and that he was raised from the dead, we will be saved. In other words, we will be made new. We will have our sins, our wrongdoings wiped out. We will be um, made, that's why we say born again. We will be born again, made anew. Because belief in Jesus, relationship with Jesus is what 
is the wall that our life needs to be on. Without that, we've got nothing. I think perhaps the saddest group of people in um, history will be religious people that never had relationship with Jesus as the wall. And the Bible tells us that there'll be people go, but we did this and we did that in your name, Jesus. We cast out demons. We did miracles. We did all sorts of things. And you go, yeah, but I never knew you. What's your name again? I never knew you. Because the ladder hasn't been up against the wall of relationship, the wall of loving the Lord God with all your heart, soul, and mind. This is a valid valid response, of course, to life. But it's crazy. That's what the Bible said. It's crazy. It said it's idiocy to focus our lives simply on something temporal, something that when you sit back and look at it has no earthly or eternal value whatsoever. This morning, if you haven't got a relationship with Jesus, if you're not walking with Jesus, if you're not in love with Jesus, if you cannot definitively say, Jesus is my personal Saviour and Lord. I'm walking with Him. I'm a disciple of Christ. If you cannot say that definitively, I can answer the question for you, and that is that He's not. And this morning I want to give you an opportunity to make Him the Lord of your life, to to get your ladder leaning on the right wall. Off the wall of no God, off the wall of crazy, off the wall of idiocy, off the wall of pointless, and onto the wall of purpose, which is relationship with Jesus Christ. And so this morning, I don't know where you're all from. I don't know what your relationship with Jesus is like, but I'd like to give you an invitation to step into relationship with Him. You may have walked with Jesus, but stepped way back for some reason. How about today you step up again? How about today you say, Lord, you know, I think I've been making blocks of wood, but it's time to get this ladder leaning on the right wall again. There's an opportunity for us to do that this morning. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and I'm going to invite you, if you want to say yes to Jesus this morning, just to lift your hand. You're lifting your hand to God, not to me, but I do want to be able to acknowledge you. Say, well done. one person can get this today. It's been a good day. If one of us can go, oh my goodness, what wall have I been climbing? What wall's my ladder been against? Maybe it's not the right one. Just one of us could do that this morning. It's been a great day. Because I think it would be a tragedy if any of us got to the top of our ladders and went, oops. And we're here today, we've got breath in our lungs. It means we've all got time. We've all got the chance to make some change if we need to. And I ask you to bow your heads just for a moment. This morning, if you sense that God's asking you to respond to Him, your heart's more than likely racing, hands might be sweating. It's often the way the Holy Spirit works.
in us. He's simply prompting you, saying, come on, there's some change required. There's some change required. And this morning, if you'd like to respond to him for the very first time, in a moment I'm going to ask you to lift your hand. Well, perhaps today it says that you've walked with him closely at some point, but you've stepped back for whatever reason. And you sense the tap of the Holy Spirit on your back saying, come on, it's time to make some change. It's time to step up. It's time to step forward. It's time to walk closely with me again. I'm going to ask you to lift your hand too. You're responding to God. You're not responding to me this morning. You're responding to Him. Love the Lord with all your God, all your heart. If you'd like to respond to him, would you like to lift your hand this morning? I've already seen two people. Be bold. Thanks, man. I see three people. Wait a couple more seconds. Thank you. Four, five. Fantastic. This is six people I've seen so far getting their ladder on the right wall. Is there anyone else this morning? I think this is a really significant day in God. Make sure I see your hand, please. Thank you. Seven. It's great. Isn't that wonderful? Seven. Can we give these seven people a great big hand? takes courage, takes courage to respond to Jesus. I would love to talk with you at the end and help you any way possible we can in your journey with Jesus and uh, the host team um, hopefully have seen you and they'll give you a gift as well. For the rest of us, can I ask us a couple of questions as we go home? They're this. What wall is your ladder leaning against? Be brutally honest. What wall is your ladder leaning against? Be brutally honest with yourself. Have you assessed the destination of your ladder? Have you assessed where it's taking you? Have you assessed whether there, or just simply, have you assessed where it's taking you? Is it a destination of purpose and significance that you want? And lastly, if it's not, does your ladder need moving? Because you can do this and put it on another wall. And there's a word for that, it's called repentance which literally means I turn and I walk another way. 
And if you've got breath in your lungs, and if the Holy Spirit's stirring you and you're going, far out, I don't know if I like the wall that it's on, move the ladder. You're not helpless, you're empowered. Move the ladder. Do something differently. Holy Spirit, I ask that you'd rest on your church this morning. Father, that you would arrest each of us in our thinking, that you would bring conviction into our hearts, into our minds. And Lord, that before you, we would be happy to move the ladder or we'd be happy to keep the ladder where it is, depending on what we find. Lord, give us the courage to be brutally honest with ourselves and with you. My prayer is that every person would live a life of purpose, would know what it is to carry significance, that every person in this room would be able to say, my ladder is on the wall of Jesus. My ladder is on the wall, firstly, of loving Jesus. And Lord, if our ladder's not there this morning, if we are simply making no gods out of pieces of wood, I ask that you would reveal that to us, that you would speak to us, that you would stir our hearts to bring change and there would become a real unease in our spirits. Because Father, I believe that every person in this room wants to serve you, that every person in this room loves you and every person in this room wants to live life of purpose and significance according to your plans and purposes for each of us. So Holy Spirit, rest on your church. Bless your church. May we be effective wherever and whenever we are this week. Being like Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.